be um, together tonight. Okay. This will be a short service. I don't need any more excuses to sit down, so. Um, appreciate the anointing, though. Um, it's always good when the Spirit of God shows up and refreshes, gives us, gives us enough to, uh, to go on for at least an evening and another day. Enough until the next time that we need to be sustained. I am looking at my notes here, wondering what I was thinking. Um, one of these days, you know, I'm going to record what I'm thinking about whenever that's happening, because sometimes you feel that you actually might have something then. Then you get up here and you're like, is that me? Um, but, um, uh, I don't really want to waste anybody's time. Um, uh, you know, the Spirit of God is more than faithful to speak to us in whichever way He wants to. And He doesn't need a preacher. Not that I am one, but He doesn't need anybody up here to be able to impart his life into what we're, we need for the day, the sustenance that we need. Sometimes we get a lot more, um, either by ourselves or just someone else that is faithful to speak a word to you. And that gives you the strength that you need and the life that you need at that moment. I think that it's more um, uh, valuable and a more strength than, uh, than some of those meetings that we have, unless you come with an ear that says, God, uh, feed me tonight. I know that you have something for me, because I also do believe that these times are important, because God does meet us, and he speaks in a variety of ways that we did not know we needed, some spe specific impartation of whatever was said, whether it was in word or in song or however it came. Uh, God does speak to us if we're looking for His Word. And, uh, you know, um, I'm just saying, I'm not here to try to preach or have something to say to you. I would like for all of us to get something out of whatever God brought us here for tonight. Um, and, you know, I think that's, that's the, the heart of, of all of us every time we come to, to these gatherings. But... Um, I've been um, on a little bit of a theme um, on um, uh, a government that God is very um, involved in uh, bringing into His kingdom, into fruition, into uh, to, uh, to a reality uh, for us. And, um, you know, um, we, we've heard Brother Sam's songs way back. It says there's a path that no foul knowing, right? No vulture sigh has ever seen. You know, we, we've heard those lines. Um, and we look at the, the struggles that we go through today, and you wonder, there is no such a thing. Uh, there is no such a path that no foul knowing. He seems to be just about everywhere. Um, seems to be involved and know a lot more than, than we do. And sometimes it feels like there isn't, any place of safety anywhere um, and um, I, I feel that uh, you know at least there's there's a cry in my heart to to say Lord I know that there is a place there is a path there is a place somewhere that there is security and safety where the enemy doesn't have access or at least complete access to destroy everything that you have declared is gonna be true um, and um, you know, um, that place is not a, a physical place anywhere. Mm -hmm. Otherwise, I think we would have, somebody would have found it and 
you know, there might have been a few more than just a couple there. But um, there's a, there, uh, uh, it's, it's, a, it's a place that is actually available, and this is the good news, to all of us. There is a place of safety, but it's not in this kingdom. It's not in this world. It's not in this earth. We, we know that very well. Um, and um, <clears throat> I, um, I want to read, I want to go to Isaiah uh, chapter 42, I believe. That's where it is. And uh, I guess that's going to be, if, I think that'll be the, the main focus of what I want to talk about is a, a kingdom that is not of this world, uh, that we want to find refuge in. But I'm going to back up here a little bit and start in Isaiah 42, um, where it says, Behold my servant whom I uphold. Mine elect, in whom my soul delighted. Sister Betty opened the morning with this this morning. My soul and my, my elect, in whom my soul delighted. I have put my spirit upon him. He shall bring forth judgment to the Gentiles. Uh, let's skip down to verse, uh, just want to pick a few verses here. Verse 6, it says, I, the Lord, have called thee in righteousness. I will hold, hold thy hand, and I will keep thee. And give thee for a covenant of the people, for a light of the Gentiles. Those are really great scriptures, especially, you know, if you start looking at the places where we find ourselves in, to, to know that, that the Lord has elected you, He delights in you, He holds you, he, His hand is able to keep you. Then verse 7, it says, To open the blind eyes, to bring out the prisoners from the prison, and them that sit in darkness out of the prison house. That's good news there. Right? I am the Lord. That is my name. And my glory will I not give to another. Neither my praise to graven images. Behold the former things are come to pass. And the new things do I declare. Before they spring forth. I tell you of them. So that's good news there. That, you know, there are things that are going to go, come to pass, but there are new things coming, and He warns us of those things. Uh, thank you, Lord, for that. We don't always get those heads up. Uh, <clears throat> verse 13, it says, The Lord shall go forth as a mighty man. He shall stir up the jealousy like a man of war. He shall cry, yea, roar. He shall prevail against his enemies. I have long time, behold, I have long time holding my peace. I have been still and refrained myself. Now will I cry like a travailing woman. I will destroy and devour, devour at once. I will make waste a mountain and hills and dry up all their herbs. And I will make the rivers islands and I will dry up the pools. Man, that's powerful. <laughs> Verse 16, I will bring the blind by a way that they knew not. Do you, do you find yourself blind today? Do you? Just me? <laughs> I will bring the blind by a way that they knew not. I will lead them in paths that they have not known. I will make darkness. Okay, he's going to make darkness light before them. And crooked things straight. This things will I do unto them and not forsake them. I mean, I hope, I hope that you're getting, you know, not me, but the, 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 the hope that God is placing in these words here that you know whatever darkness you're in uh, whatever straits you're in whatever crooked way you're in he's in the midst of that and he's able to make that straight and if it's dark okay if it's dark it's not for you to be overwhelmed it's not for you to be discouraged and it's not for you to say it's never going to work but it's for you to say there is going to be light there's a promise of light in that place of darkness they shall turn back they shall be greatly ashamed that trust in graven images, that say that to the molten images, you are our gods. Hear, ye deaf, and look, 
ye blind, that you may see. Who is blind but my servant, or deaf as my messenger that I send? Who is blind as he that is perfect, and blind as the Lord's servant? See, many things. See, sometimes we, we wish we could be, we could see, we would know. See, many things, but thou observest not. Open thy ears, opening thy ears, but thou hearest not. You know, <clears throat> just because you can see sometimes, just because you can hear, doesn't mean that you're actually hearing what God is actually doing. It's, it seems like uh, almost the blind has an advantage here. The one that is deaf, the one that is in darkness, <clears throat> has a provision. Because the one that sees thinks that he sees and he doesn't need something. But the one that is in darkness knows that he can't be helped, that he can't be helped, that he's stuck. And the promise is that there is going to be light. Let's go to uh, chapter 9 of Isaiah. Verse 2. Does the people that walked in darkness, can the people that walk in darkness have seen a great light? Have you, you know, there are darkness around us, all around us. There has been darkness. And there's a promise that you have seen. There's a great light also. They that dwell in the land of the shadow of death, upon them had the light shine. Verse uh, 4, it says, for, the, for thou hast broken the yoke of his burden, okay? And the staff of his shoulder, the rod of his oppressor, as in the way, as in the day of Midian. For every battle of the warrior, okay, this is an interesting verse here. Every battle of the warrior is with confused noise and garments rolled in blood. But this shall be with burning and fuel of fire. Don't expect this to be a pretty sight. <laughs> It's okay if it gets a little bit ugly. It's okay if there's some blood around you. Um, it's, that's okay. Every battle of the warrior is going to have some blood. There is going to be some ugliness to it. But there's also light that is going to be shining through. That, you know, it's not just that you're going to be stuck in darkness. It's okay if it's ugly. It's okay if it's bloody. It's okay if it's a, it's a bit messy. Because there is also a promise of light shining in that place of darkness. You know, that's, that's the thing that I'm, I'm holding on to. Like, God, I know that there is chaos all around me. I know that there are things that I want to see resolved. But I also know that in that place of hopelessness, that you have brought hope. You have placed light. And you declare that you will bring and accomplish that, what you said you are going to do. And that you are actually in the process of doing that. It's not just a futuristic thing, but it's something that is actually happening today. We may not see it to, you know, to its fruition, but we are starting to see glimpses of it here and there. You know, somehow we just do get dulled out because we see the battle closer <laughs> in a greater reality that we actually see the light. But it's there, and it is shining through. And that, that promise, it's not going to go away. It's, it's a promise made by Father God. And His promises don't, you know, I haven't heard of any that have actually gotten back. That He's taken any of them back and said, well, actually, uh, this one, I, I spoke too soon. <laughs> I spoke too soon. I'm not going to be able to do this for you. You know, the, well, we'll get to that. Uh, let's continue here in verse... Uh, Six? Yeah. For unto us. Okay, so this is the people that are walking out of darkness, right? There's the promise of light. It says, For unto us a child is born, and unto us a son is given. Unto us, okay, this is unto us. God made a provision of a child. 
And he made a provision of a son to be born in us, to, to be formed, to be brought forth in you. That's, that is the promise of the light that is coming through. You know, it's not so much an outwardly thing coming towards you, although we do get God's light, but it's the light that he's bringing forth in us, that was given unto us that is going to come forth to do what? To us, the, so that the government shall be upon, it, upon his shoulder and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. Of the increase, increase of his government and peace, there shall be no end. And unto the throne of David and upon his kingdom to order it and to establish it with judgment and with justice from henceforth forevermore. Then this last part, very important. The seal of the Lord of hosts will perform this. Not a work that we do. Not a promise that we go and you know, try to get a hold of and make something out of. The seal of the Lord of hosts will perform this. I don't know what that seal looks like. But that seal looks very boring on some days. You know, you get up and you go do what you're supposed to do, what you have before you that day, and you are attentive to the Holy Spirit. And all of a sudden, at the end of the day, or at the end of the month, or at the end of the year, you start realizing that some things started happening. And that all of a sudden, when you should have been hopeless and discouraged, that there's a little bit of hope there. There's a little bit of life. You know, that's God doing the work. And that's not you going and performing some great thing. But it's God through the daily mundane things that happen, through the chaos, through the whatever. He starts working and putting something in there that we don't know how he does it. We don't understand his mysteries and how he works. But he starts working on your heart and starts bringing things up and you have bad responses. And then later on you find out that, you know, your responses are even changing. Things that you reacted to before somehow. Those things don't bother you anymore. That's the seal of God performing that work in your life to make sure that that life is coming forth just the way that He wants it to. Because, you know, it's not... <clears throat> it has to be the way that he, that he intended it to. And it can't be the way that, you know, we think it should be. That's where we make the greatest mistake is when we start thinking that we know what this should look like and what God would be like. And, um, and he, he, he starts working with us in ways that we don't understand. And really, I mean, it goes back to something Brother Bill said for a few years now. All you have to do is yield. They got it. However it is that you want to do this in me. You know, I don't really like your methods. <clears throat> I don't. I would have picked other ways. Would have picked other people. <laughs> Maybe. I don't know what I would have done. Um, but God uses the likes of us. Right? And He even uses our relationship and our closeness with one another to start working and performing and bringing that life that He's from the very beginning intended to do. To bring us. You know, um, going back to this kingdom, because what God is doing is He's establishing a kingdom. And it's His kingdom that He wants. From the very beginning, he, God wanted to establish His kingdom. Um, it wasn't never about another kingdom, but, but you know how good and patient of God and long-suffering to invite us to be a part of that. Is it not, I mean, the, the privilege and the honor that we have to be a part of a kingdom that, uh, you know, we'll probably get to it, you know, that doesn't, that has eternal life and that brings life. It doesn't have that. Um, and, um, <clears throat> you know, it says that when God created the heavens and the earth, um, that He created the heavens and the earth, first of all. <laughs> um, that's a pretty powerful thing that happened that we can't really wrap our heads around that. Um, with His Word. He didn't even went to do something. He, he spoke His Word and He created heavens and earth. He separated the waters from the earth, the heavens. He, he spoke his word. He, he, he made man. 
He breathed on them. He gave them life. God did a lot of things with his word. And do you think, you know, then, then you know, I don't know how creation all formed, but, uh, you know, at some point, uh, Adam, well, God created Adam, and then, uh, you know, Abraham, and then he brought Moses, and, you know, I'm sure there was lots of stuff that, that happened in between all that. God brought a lot of good men to this earth. And he could have given any one of them the ability to, to deliver this earth and to bring it into his authority and into his kingdom. But he did fully. You know, Moses didn't fail, but, you know, he did bring, accomplish what God wanted to do. Um, you know, we have, a, there were a lot of opportunities for kings to do that. Right? Lots of good kings, lots of bad kings. Um, David would have been a good candidate. Uh, Solomon was also not bad. Um, you know, there were a lot of judges, good judges, not so great judges, prophets. You know, then he brought his own son, Jesus. It, it seems to me that, I don't know what God's overall plan is, but it seems to me that he, he was waiting for a people. He was working with something other than just to bring and dominate this kingdom into what he wanted it to be. One, two, three. I think he could have done that. I mean, he created it, right? With just his word. So I, I think... He could have done whatever he wanted to, but he, he, he waited. And he's brought men for generations, for ages, and has worked with them. We, we know, we think we know some of them. There are some that are here in the Bible, and I don't know that we have the full spectrum of all of them. But it seems that God has worked with men because he was doing something else, something he wanted more than just one son. Otherwise, he probably would have done it with Jesus, right? But he, he, he was waiting for the likes of us to put his life in us so that this creation could be set free. So that we could be delivered, so that we could be a part of the kingdom that he's bringing into the earth. Now, maybe that's just me and forgive me if I am. Um, but I am thankful that, you know, he has taken this long to invite me and give me an opportunity into that kingdom. That he is, that he is uh, bringing forth. And this kingdom <coughs> that he's establishing doesn't have anything to do with this earth. How he's going to tie it all in, I have no idea. Because, you know, it does say in Ephesians somewhere that all things were created for him, right? And all things were made by him and for him. So somehow all this ties in. But, but, uh, <coughs> but he's giving us an opportunity to bring us into a realm where we have the liberty to not think the way that we normally think. To not be the way that we normally would be. To not do the things that we would just do because we are who we are. And we, and, and that opportunity is made available for you and I today. To think not as men would think. To, to, uh, to act, to, to move into a dimension. And I'm not talking about being weird. I'm not talking about doing you know, those things that you've seen sometimes. Or, I'm talking about somehow <clears throat> investing yourself in a life that has nothing to do with this earth. And that's the only way to win. As long as we continue to try to do things made better by the means of this world, we're always going to have carnal answers. We're always going to have earthly, you know, some ideas might be better, some things might look better. But until we invest ourselves in a kingdom that is not of this world, that is not natural, then we're always going to come back to the same Carnal-minded answers that always lead to death and not to life. The kingdom of God, you know, the way that we know this is because the kingdom of God brings life. That brings peace. That brings hope. This earth is exactly the opposite. It's always death. There's, 
Not any hope. And it always goes down. But we have an opportunity each day to invest in a life that is not of this world. That is of him. That is of his life. And that's the life that he's producing in us each day. That's the life that I want to be a part of, that I am being a part of, that we're being a part of as we go through the things that we <coughs> And you know, the, the odd thing about all this is that while God, you know, when God brought his son to this earth, who was, you know, for many years mentioned, if you read the whole Old Testament, that uh, he was coming to deliver the earth, right? He was coming to bring salvation to the earth. And the Jews knew that, and they were looking and expecting him to come, right? Um, and um, the, the funny thing, not so funny, but the odd thing here is that, that God did send his son, and they didn't recognize him. So they didn't realize that he was there. Um, and, um, you know, how often do we miss the very thing that we have been asking God to deliver us or to bring to us because we're so involved in our own little world of battles and confusion and darkness. And in the midst of that, we miss the very thing that we need and that God has sent for our deliverance. Now, it wasn't the time yet for them to see that. But, um, but I believe that God has opened our eyes so that we don't miss with the chaos. I mean, stuff happens here. We're in trouble, right? I think we could say that. That, that uh, there is darkness. There is stuff that happens here. Uh, individually and corporately. And there is not just that, but there is that. Okay? And we can get so involved in those battles and in all that and forget the bigger picture of what God is actually doing in the midst of all that. That there is actually, there's a purpose and there's an intention in the midst of that that is going to bring life and it's going to bring fruit. It's not just going to be death and it's not just going to be darkness. Even though that is what it looks like sometimes. You know, and um, so I um, just following that, that train of thought that he sent his son, someone that they had been looking for and waiting for, and most of them missed it. And then worse than that, they went ahead to uh, find fault in him and accuse him of things that he never did. Um, and that was part of the plan. Um, but. Uh, what I'm getting at is that that generation, and I know that if we would have been there, we would have been so much different. Uh, we would have totally seen it for what it was, right? But they, they, they thought that he was coming to take something away from them. <laughs> you know, and so they, they set themselves to make his life miserable and um, to, to accuse him of false things. Uh, and, you know, they, they finally figured a way to do that. And we know the story, so I'm just kind of relating them to you. Um, but uh, <clears throat> they accused, they made, they made false accusations. They brought him before uh, Pontius Pilate and um, told him, you know, he's doing this and that. And, and Pilate has the uh, wisdom, not as a Christian, right? Not that he wasn't a Jew, he was a Roman, right? To say, are these things true? And uh, and then he, he asked them, "Well, are, are you are you are you the are you the king of the Jews?" You know, and I was thinking, king of the Jews. Why would he want to be the king of the Jews? He was going to be king of the whole world. Like, you know, he should have probably said, "Really? Are you serious?" But anyway, he said, "I didn't I didn't say that. You said that, right?" We all remember that, and. Um, and so, you know, he, he questions him some more and finds no fault in him. So he goes and talks to the scribes. 
and the Pharisees and those in charge and says, there's nothing in this guy. <clears throat> you know, this is, now this is someone's son, right? That is going through all this. Not, not even begin to compare what we would do if this was one of our children. Right? That, that Father God knew that he was clean, that he, he hadn't done those things, right? And he still let him go through that, but that's not the point. Um, and uh, I just want to pick it up. just want to read a couple of things. In uh, Matthew, I believe it is, <clears throat> 27. So, so Pilate made a deal with him. You know, he, he went back to the people a couple of times. And he made a deal with them that he was going to release Barnabas instead and let them do whatever they wanted to do with Jesus. Um, and so in, in verse uh, 27 of chapter 27, it says, Then the soldiers of the governor took Jesus into the common hall and gathered unto him the whole band of soldiers. And they stripped him and put him a scarlet robe. And when they had plaited a crown of thorns, they put it upon his head and a reed in his right hand. And they bowed the knee before him and mocked him, saying, Hail, King of the Jews. Now that. And they spit upon him and took the reed and smote him on the head. And, you know, they made a mockery of him. Um, and this is, this is the Son of God. And they, they just totally, you know, accused him of false things and just made a mockery of him. And he, he, this whole time, he didn't defend himself. The whole time, he didn't say, I didn't do that. That's not what I came for. Nothing. He, he took it. Then um, I want to pick up the same story, basically, in John 18. Verse 33. This is kind of putting this suit together. Then Pilate entered into the judgment hall again and called Jesus and said unto him, Art thou the king of the Jews? And Jesus answered him, Sayest thou this things of thyself, or others tell it thee of me? And Pilate answered, I am a Jew, thine own nation. And this is interesting right there. Thy own nation. And the chief priests have delivered thee unto me. What hast thou done? You know, those that were supposed to be defending him were the ones that actually turned him in. Jesus answered, I guess, you know, be careful that we're not that way with one another. Jesus answered, my kingdom is not of this world. If my kingdom were of this world... Then would my servants fight, that I should not be delivered to the Jews. But now is my kingdom not from hence. You know, he was being accused of something that he didn't even come to do. He was going to be a king, is what I think this is saying by interpretation. He, he said he was going to have a kingdom, but it wasn't of this world. And it wasn't going to be now. You know, he took all that beating. He was sent by his father to earth, to this world, to be accused of things for a kingdom that he was going to establish that had nothing to do with this earth at this point. Yes, it had something to do, but that wasn't the purpose and the goal of that time. He was going to have a kingdom, but it's not of this world. If it had been of this world, there would be soldiers, there would be those there that would fight for him. And I just want to say that if you are involved in the right kingdom... If you are a part of the kingdom of God, if you are sowing and being a part 
of, of, of what he's called you to be and you have invested you know with what you know with your life not, I mean if you're sowing to that kingdom there is going to be help there is not going to be there is help available for you to not dwell in darkness to not be in confusion there are soldiers there that would defend it when you're living in the kingdom that you are supposed to live in. This kingdom, you are getting a lot of help. <clears throat> so this, the help that you're getting in this kingdom is because that's the help that is available for this kingdom. And it's to destroy you. And it's to kill me. And it's to take life away. So as long as we continue to sow there, as long as we continue to feed there, don't be surprised about death. Don't be surprised that there is confusion. Don't be surprised that there is no hope. Because that's what this kingdom is providing. Those are the tools of this kingdom. But there's another kingdom. You know that we want to be a part of. There's another kingdom that we are being a part of. That has another life. That has hope. That has redemption. That is able to leave behind. <laughs> that's such a great line. Leaving behind those things. And it's translated us into another realm that gives us the power to become something that we can't be otherwise. And it's, yeah, that we're destined to. And it, we're destined because it says the seal of the Holy, of the Lord of hosts will do that. He's the one that is performing that. It's not something that we're able to perform. It's not something that we can do by our good actions, by our, you know, Thoughts for one another that are of love and kind. Those things are great. I, I do, you know, please do love me and please do care for one another. But those things alone are not going to do it. The things that are going to do it is are sowing before his, his name. Going before him, putting ourselves there. And God is able to bring about the things that need to be about to, about, brought about. To bring deliverance and to deliver us from those places that have plagued us. From those things that we need deliverance from. Yeah. He's the one. He's the one that is performing that work. And you know we can come up with good ways to do that. Because our good ways are still early battle. Right. <clears throat> you know that's the bottom line. As long as they are earthly bound. And of this earth. They will not produce the fruit that it takes to bring eternal life. <clears throat> um, I'll move towards the close here quick. But I am um, in Hebrews 7. I was excited about this because couple weeks ago, I got on a Friday night or Saturday morning, I started reading this, a few verses here. And then the next morning, John Sheever got up and read the same verses that I had been thinking about that night and that morning. And you know that just gave me hope because it did because I felt that it was God it was for me anyway um, and uh, but uh, the thing that it was and it was I can't say it like John said it um, <clears throat> but it was this whole I've been thinking about this thing of another kingdom God putting that in us to be a part of something that, that is not of this world. And that in order to find life, we can't find life in a kingdom that is destined for death. That's just dumb. You gotta find life, you know, Brother Buddy used to say, you know, find it where it is, not where it's not. So it's not in this world. Anyway, so let me just read a few verses here. In Hebrews 7, 11, it says, if therefore perfection were by the Levitical priesthood, if under it the people received the law, what further need was there that another priest should arise 
after the order of Melchizedek, and not be called after the order of Aaron. For the priesthood being changed, okay, and this is what God is doing, and God established the first priesthood. That was his doing, but it was never meant to stay forever. It was meant for this realm. Okay, for the priesthood being changed, there is made of necessity a change also of the law. For he of whom these things are spoken pertaineth to another tribe, of which no man gave attendance at the altar. For it is evident that our Lord sprang out of Judah, and which tribe Moses spoke nothing concerning the priesthood. Okay, so, you know, God moved, moving again out of, he establishes this order and then he changes it. Um, and it were, and it says, verse 15, and, and it is yet far more evident for that after that similitude of Melchizedek there arises another priest who is made not after the law of a carnal commandment, but after the power of an endless life. You know, this priest is made out of a power of an endless life. The thing about this world is that it has an end. It has a beginning and it has an end. But the one that we're, we're going for has power to not have a death, to not have an end, but to bring forth life that is incorruptible. But it had to start out here. You know, it talks there, and I think it's Romans or Corinthians about, you know, you sow in corruption, and then God, in His work, that He does here on earth with us, brings forth life. We have no idea how He does it, but He does it. Then, uh, <clears throat> um, verse 17. This is, uh, for verily, for there is verily a disannulling of the commandments going before the before for the weakness and unprofitableness thereof. That's good news there. For the law made nothing perfect, but the bringing in of a better hope did, by the which we draw nigh unto God. You know, and if there's one thing that we can be thankful for is that as we draw nigh to God, there is hope. There is hope. You know, I don't care what you're involved in, if you're drawing out nigh to God, if you are sowing to Him, you begin to see light in the most deemless circumstances. Places that you think could never bring any fruit. When you get close to God, somehow, you begin to see that He is able to get in there and change something that was not into something that it is. And that's, you know, that's what He does. Then, uh, <clears throat> let's go on to... Uh, Verse uh, 24 says, But this man, because he continueth ever, had an unchangeable priesthood. Wherefore, he is able also to save them to the uttermost that come unto him, unto God by him, seeing he ever liveth to make intercession for them. For such an high priest became us. For such an high priest became us who is holy, harmless, undefiled, separate from sinners, and made higher than the heavens. I don't know if you need to read that again. But such a high priest became us, who is what? Holy, us, harmless, undefiled, separate from sinners? Whoa. That's what the God is performing. It's, it's impossible. Right. It's impossible. It's just that you can't, it can't happen unless His life starts to come and flow through you. His life is the only thing that is able right. to bring that which was not into something that it is. You may not. It's, it's His work. It's the power of His hand working through you to make that. Who needed not daily as those high priests to offer up sacrifice first for His own sins and then for the people's. For this He did at once when he offered up himself. For the law maketh men high priests. Okay, that's what the law did. That was great. <laughs> the law maketh men high priests, which have infirmities. But the word of the oath, okay, 
If you get nothing else, maybe get this tonight. The word of his oath, which was, which was since the law, make it the Son, who is consecrated forevermore. It's the word of his oath. You know what? You need a reason? Do you need a reason? Or is it just that God spoke it? And that God is going to bring it to pass. God created heavens and earth with the word of his oath. He made a lot of big things. A lot of impossible things because he spoke it. He spoke that about you and me. The word of his oath is the one that is performing this work. We have no idea how that happens. Except that he said it was going to happen. Except that he said that it is going to happen in a people on this earth. And he's waited all these years because he's not finished perfect, perfecting the saints. He's not finished bringing his sons in into a corporate man. And that is the, the process that he's involved in. That's the opportunity that is before us today. This is not for tomorrow. This is not for another day. This is for us. We have that power available to us today. We may not move on it 100%. We're still imperfect. There are still things that need a lot of attention. But it doesn't mean that he is not making that happen. He is not creating. He is not growing us into that son that he intended from the very beginning. That was, you know, he sent his son. Not so that he could have a kingdom here, although that may happen. He will do that. But he sent his son so that he could bring others, brethren, to be like him, to be conformed to the image of the Father. The very image that from the very beginning he created man, which was in his image. Right? So the God, you know, from the very beginning, he had a plan to bring us into sons that would manifest what he was. <clears throat> which is life and love. And it's a process. But don't, don't be blinded by the darkness and the chaos around you. It's a, uh, what do they call that? <clears throat> Decoy. To take away from the thing that is really happening. It's in the midst of all that, you know, probably very dark time when the Lord Jesus came. They didn't recognize him because they were so occupied with waiting for him and this and that. We can be so busy, you know, how is this place ever going to be? You know, you call ourselves the sons of God and, you know, going on to perfection and look at us. Yeah, <laughs> look at us. But there's also power. God is also at work. He didn't miss this. He did not um, make a mistake when he called you and me. He had a plan and he intends to bring that to fruition. And, you know, that's the thing we can do is say, Lord, uh, let me be a part of that. You know, Jesus had trouble with that too. He wasn't too keen on the, on the whole going to the cross plan. But at the end of the day, he said, Lord, let it be your will in that line. You know, let it be your will. The uh, thing I loved about Mary was uh, when, when, Jesus, when uh, the angel showed up to tell her all these great things that were going to happen to her, right? Um, she, she didn't ask a lot of questions. She just said, let it be done according to thy word. Yeah. You know, sometimes if we just say, Lord, let me just do whatever it is that you want to do. Let it be accomplished here in my life. Yeah. Let me be a willing vessel that is able to be molded and go in whatever direction it is that you want me to do. It doesn't matter what the outside looks like. It didn't look good for Mary to be pregnant at that time. Not quite yet. <laughs> but... She was willing. Let, um, yeah, let it be according to your words. The power of his oath. You know, the word of his oath. Just because, that's a lot of power. Sometimes we want a reason, right? <laughs> getting it. Sometimes we want a reason. You know, we want evidence. Well, this is, you know. Moses went through the same thing when he went to talk to, to Pharaoh. Tell him that just because I am... <laughs> 
God is very simple. It's the power of His Word. If you can believe the power of His Word in your life, sometimes that's the only thing that you have, just to believe. To believe what He has spoken to you. Because doubt is a strong, powerful thing sometimes. And that's what it wants to take away. It wants to, to erode what God has spoken. But if you can ask God to help you to believe that word, and that that word will bring forth to life that which He promised. Amen. Very clear. I don't have to add anything here tonight. Because you already know that uh, because you've been born from above, <laughs> you, you're captives of a vision. And uh, you can move as fast as, as your heart will submit and will realize that uh, we're love slaves. And he doesn't force the issue, that's why there's, there's so many fits and starts. But um, the first thing we, one of the first things we have to say is, God, I have to break up this love relationship with the world. And I'm tied to it. <clears throat> Help me break God. I present myself to, to you. I offer myself. And that's really the greatest thing you can do in, in response to this. He said, the whole, your heirs of the world. I don't think Adam, or Abraham didn't know that. He walked him out and said, count the stars, if you can. But uh, you're an heir of the world. And it's, uh, it's, it's hard on the, on the mind, but it's impossible if we're going to try to do it from ourselves. And, and the other irony is he will do it through men. It's not going to come about by some magic thing of God showing. He's going to show up when the sons have come to a level of maturity and trust. God help us tonight to believe that. Father, we thank you for your goodness. We thank you for even that you're going to do this even against us. You, you seem to pick us up like babies who are arching our back against you. And as a good father, as a nurturer, your great love has captured us. We, we have no other place to go. And so give us a heart to come to you every day. For Jesus' sake, we ask these things. Amen.